0: Hello everyone, I'm joined here with Kalen Morelli, and Kaelin is currently in China consulting on a magic project in collaboration with Theory 11 that he can't talk much about. But uh, Kalen, why don't you tell us about
1: some of the people that you've consulted for? Um, like just in general, just like going down like the list of like Copperfield, Dynamo, Blaine. like what do you want to know? Like what's the... Yeah, go down the list. Um I mean in the past like couple years I've done a lot of just random consulting. It, you know what's funny about it is uh really all I wanted to do was consult for Blaine and that was gonna be like if I could get that then that was gonna be the takeaway. But then everything else just kinda, you know, came up. But, uh, I mean, from what you've talked with me about,
0: that was a really fun opportunity with Blaine, right? Is there anything that, or any needs of his that you had to cater to that you weren't, you know, necessarily uh, used to, or that was a, an extra challenge for that?
1: Sorry, you broke
0: up just a little bit, sorry, I say that one more time. Are there, were there any, like, needs that David Blaine had that were more of a challenge than what you were normally used to?
1: Yeah, I I think Blaine, he goes through a very kind of raw uh, filming process. So Mm -hmm. let's say like, I mean, obviously Copperfield is different than Blaine and obviously like Dynamo is different than Blaine because their TV shows are more focused on, I think, the entertainment value and the Mm -hmm. production value, where Blaine is, is very, very focused on from when he walks into the room, how he's perceived and how people take away, you know, the experience with David Blaine as like a character. So that being said, there was a lot of like put pocketing, pickpocketing, a lot of things that he would throw me into where he, like I've never like stolen people's cell phones or had to like load things on people that are in insane, like just very very awkward situations but he's like yo Red. I'm about to do a trick in like 2 minutes go put this on this person and I'm like wait what like <laughs> so you kind of you kind of learn as you go um yeah. but yeah it's kind of it was, it's was kind of a learning process I guess like almost like <laughs> like a college course and just making sure that you're keeping track of everyone's eye, eye lines you know when you're doing like I'm going to yeah. say like very shady shit like that just because, you know, like if you get caught, like something Blaine says is like, you know, if you get caught and you break, you break that glass, like it's a very thin glass that you have. And if that gets shattered, then you can't recover from that in a magic performance because yeah then they're skeptical and they will not, you know, they won't, they won't buy back into what you're doing.
0: And that's a you know that's just a really crazy thing in and of itself. You know, a lot of people think, oh, uh, this person's a magic consultant because they could create amazing tricks. Period. Like they don't understand that there's much more skill sets that go into it along with that, right? Like, yeah. describe some of the more not more important, but equally as important things that it takes to be a good consultant.
1: Um, I would say that something that like I'm learning as I go on this job that's the most important thing is being able to sell any level of idea. Because right. selling the idea, you know, if, if you, cause a lot of times you're ending up pitching, like, especially when you're working on like a, a show like Dynamos where there's a production team that has to get it okayed by the financial department and then the financial department will make sure that you're not wasting extra money on the show so like all the ideas you have to pitch and whether it's a good idea or not if they don't understand it and you Mm -hmm. can't get across why it's a good idea and why it's good for the show and why you're passionate about it and you can't like sell them the idea you know it doesn't matter right (laughs) because they're not magicians and they don't see it like as if you were describing it to another magician. You know,
0: right? Yeah, and you know that that's definitely. I mean, I'm sure that could be one of the most frustrating things about working in this type of field, right? You know, yeah. maybe uh, it's not always the case where just because the magic consultants agree on something that the production team's gonna agree on it. Would you agree?
1: I would agree. Yeah, I mean, that we we've ran into to that all summer working on this job. It's a it's a very it's a very complex job, the one that we're on now, to yeah, get across and get good magic on TV because a lot of people when they when they look at the magic that ends up getting on T V or even performers like the say performers on AGT, they don't realize the amount of work that it takes just to get something good on T V because T V producers, they have They have, like, their own gods that they have to play to, which are the financial department, the directors, the heads of the TV station, and they all have different opinions on what they think magic is. And those are the people that have the opinions that make decisions, you know? So, it's really interesting seeing people, you know, from an outside perspective, make judgments on, like, magic that gets on TV and being like, I would never do that, but... At the end of the day, there's, when you get into like mag- magic shows that are not independently created, like a Blaine show, which is what I really respect about his stuff, because he keeps his right. team very small, you, the more money that comes with the TV show, the more people that you have to please, and the more people that you have to listen to their opinion on what's good, so it's, yeah, and you it know, a... I'll-
0: all of those skill sets seems like things that you can't necessarily practice for without being there during the production and going through it, right? And again, you know, people have that common misconception that all it takes to be a good consultant is that you come up with great tricks. I mean, it's, it's a lot more than that, which is why all of these thoughts are very important. But going yeah, yeah. into the creative side, like what do you find yourself doing when you're not on a consulting gig?
1: Um, I just kind of... I don't know I, I just explore I, I think just like everyone else you know they they right. they explore different styles of either sleight of hand or different styles of magic performance that they that they're interested in, you know I think that that's a a really a key thing as a magician I don't know yeah, yeah, I mean it seems like every time I
0: talk to you you are always working on something, and you know one thing that uh, I always found to be interesting, especially with people like yourself who I consider to be you know, one of the most creative in the field, especially in the consulting industry. Do you feel like you physically get better at creating as the years go on, as if it's like a muscle that you can train? Do you find that happening?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't think I, uh, no, I, I, th- I don't think you get better at creating. I think you can get more efficient and you can get quicker, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, I think as far as like getting better, like, like I think that the level of ideas goes up like very incrementally. Like you can, okay. like it's it's more about how quickly you can get to a good idea. You know, because right. I, I don't know if there's like a level. Like I think that there's cer in magic. It's interesting that. Y- either people I feel like people either have like certain levels of ideas or they don't and then right because at that point you just either get to the idea quickly or you don't and I think that the more that you create the faster you can get through all the bullshit that it takes to get to the good idea you know and Mm -hmm. that's that's I think the only thing that comes with like time.
0: Now, there's something that, that you talked to me about maybe about a year ago that I thought was like a really interesting idea. And uh, make sure I'm not uh, correct mute um, uh, for what specifically you were, you were talking about. But you said something along the lines of there you feel like you could in some way quantify exactly how creative an idea is and you feel like if somebody just changes the object using the same method, that to you is like a very inferior thought process because it's obvious that you can do it with this object. Do you remember what I'm talking about?
1: Um, not specifically. I mean, on, that, on the, along those lines though, uh, I think that the the easiest way to make s- like a non-magician think that you're doing a new trick is the object i think the object right. that you create a trick with unless your style of performance and the the style of the performer is so heavy that it overplays like everything which there's certain stuff like young frisch uh mm-hmm. like his style of performing like honestly like with like the cups and balls like you you it could be anything right it doesn't matter you're watching him but as far as as far as objects go yeah the objects are the only thing that i my belief is that it's the only thing that anchors a trick in someone's head so right whether it's the card trick the coin trick you do whatever it's always that object trick is how they anchor it right um so if you change the object then it's an easy way to make the trick feel different. Um, But it's not necessarily like a a good way, you know? Right. Uh, And I mean,
0: uh, you know, about performing, like what do you find your, what, what thoughts do you find yourself having about performing? Because I know that sometimes it could be difficult when you're just consulting all the time and creating all the time. Like what do you find yourself passionate about? Uh, actually doing for people like is there anything specific that you find to be more enjoyable do you like super casual situations more than formal
1: what are your thoughts on that Um, I I think that like creating and performing go hand in hand you know I think after a long creative like gig I, I want to do more performing but during long creative gigs I don't do a lot of performing and I think performing and creating is like very similar like if you don't do it you just you aren't on your game you know you are you you aren't on point with like just being quick whether it's like quick to get into ideas and being efficient working creatively or whether it's quick in situations and knowing how to handle people like i think that 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 comes in both places and personally like performing uh I don't, I don't see a lot of performers that like get me like stoked to perform or I even feel right. like, I guess, I, so um, I more or less like for me to go on like a performance, like kick where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop consulting for a couple years and try like a certain thing. Like I have to have a very specific perspective on magic or on what I think of how a magician should perform Um, Because I I go back and forth between wanting to perform and not wanting to some some years. I just I don't want to and it doesn't interest me Right, so those are the years that I more just focus on like consulting or creating Yeah, and you know it
0: you know for me at least um, It totally like my emotions towards performing totally fluctuate based on the people that I've seen recently, right? And uh, it really does, like, affect me a lot, you know. Sometimes I'll be seeing certain magicians that make me want to stop everything I'm doing and go out and perform, like, you know, to strangers even.
1: You see see some people that have, like, mastered a new perspective on performing or they, like, have this, like, new feeling that you can just be like, wow, that feels new. And then all of a sudden you're like, god damn, I just, like, I want, it makes you immediately want to create, like, an act or something new and just go out and do it
0: but and that's always that's um, always a great feeling i mean like recently or let's say in the past one to two years has anybody or any few people like impressed you in
1: particular um yeah i i like it's interesting um i think a lot of people i think a lot of people get like very specific on like shows I, i respect people that put together full shows. Um, right. I personally, I, I think that, uh, I think like, I think Dan White has a really solid show for for the audience that he's doing magic for. It's really- Shout out Dan White. Hey, <laughs> shout out to DW. Um, I really like, uh, like I mean, just going down like the list of like i feel like it's like the basic list but it's like the right. there's not a lot of people that do shows like you look at that's like, right like no, it's totally. like okay you do dan white and dan white's got like a fucking great trick selection in his show in my opinion for like yeah doctor. i would for agree an, for a normal layperson audience i think the trick selection that he has that like he does great at that and then you yeah look at, like delgadio And it's like, you walk out of his show and you're like, I'm not sure what I just saw, but I really loved it. Right. And, you know, there's just not a lot of people that are throwing out, like, just full magic shows in the States. And it's interesting because every magician has an opinion on those two people's shows. (laughs) But they just, they don't put together a show. And it goes back to, like, almost like the TV aspect of, like, they don't realize, like how good of a job dan white is doing and theory Eleven's is doing at reselling and selling out tickets months in advance and like that's part of the show you know that's of like course. part of keeping yeah. a show alive and same with Delgadio, like they they you know he's he's like always taking a show like the last couple shows he's done and he's taking it to like broadway and it's like He kills that so they're taking in like the show business aspect and you know you can't I think that's the difference like there's a lot of a lot of people that put together like a one-man show they do it for a second yeah do a couple runs and then they're done yeah I mean like for me
0: you know for me what what inspires me the most is exactly these types of shows that you're talking about like I love seeing magic shows that go to Broadway or sell out two months in Los Angeles, you know, Helder Gamarez, Aussie Wind, uh, Derek Delgadio, Dan White, Steve Co... like that's the type... Darren, right? This is just the type of stuff that inspires me, you know? That's definitely something that I would love to achieve in my uh, magical career. Um, But then there's also like the much the much smaller scale things like being in LA, like I, I go to the castle all the time and it's, uh, it's a it's a really interesting resource to have there, right? Which could be equally as disappointing as it is rewarding, right, with the performers that go by.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting, like Magic Castle, like I, I, I guess since you've like lived in LA for your life and like mm-hmm. the Magic Castle is like normal to you, it's like the Magic Castle to me was never, I guess, like a normal thing, or I never looked at it as like just a normal option to like right. try and perform at regularly. So like, I guess that style of performance, I've never. I don't, it's it's interesting to me. I don't want to like bash people at the castle because I I've seen some great no, stuff no, there. No. But yeah, yeah. But like no. I think what it is is the style. The style is what I appreciate. I appreciate that like Dan White. And Delgado's style is different to Darren Brown to win mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. Like, I, I would love to see a more, like, different, harder style choices for people to make. You know, like yeah. being a little a bit less scared of, of, big changes. Yeah, like I, I would love to see, and, but it's hard though because sometimes like the people that have like the hardest style, I'll say, that come in with the most style, they just mm-hmm. don't put in the work or any work I'm gonna say to to match their style, the amount of thought they've put into their style to the perspective that they have on like what they want their their performance to be or their character right. to be, you know?
0: I mean, right now we're talking on like a on a on a much larger scale. But of course, you know, we have those moments where we're quite literally just doing a trick here and there when we're out because somebody asked because you're with friends. I mean, I wanted to ask you kind of on, on a smaller like note, do you find yourself testing out tricks that you create during these consultant projects before you even pitch them
1: or anything along those lines? Um, honestly, not, not very much. We, uh, we run like pretty tight schedules where Right like the most we can get done on like the schedule is just like a concept pitch of a routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the difference between like, uh, I guess shows like a street magic show and a show like say something similar that we're doing now, where it's the difference of like a quick visual of like a Rubik's cube changing from a unsolved to solved and a full 10-beat routine that's gonna be on stage with lighting, projection mapping, holograms, and right. possible, you know, AR. And we have to uh, talk to all of these departments and figure out how the magic's gonna be incorporated into all these, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like those, and along with like a theme that is works with whatever, you know, whatever performer we're, we're creating it for. So like, all, those, all that information combined is is pretty overwhelming <laughs> to get to the point right. where you can actually have a physical object or a physical thing that, that you can test out you know um, and uh, you know that,
0: that definitely seems like a challenge to there's a difference between just constructing a visual moment versus constructing an act you know but you know as far as like magical effects go like what if anything or if you even have the hunger but what makes you feel like you now want to release a magical product like you have in the past? Like uh do you have any drive that does that or just every now and then the time feels right and you go for it?
1: Um I mean I think at the basis of everything, you know, I think either people release It's releasing magic tricks is a very odd thing to me now, but it's very interesting that you can make, like, residual income or right. off of a magic trick. That's a very interesting thing to me. So I think, like, you either do it for one of two reasons. Either to make money or to get your name and your thinking out or published in the magic community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, you know, I, th- I think if I see, like, a gap in some type of niche part of the magic industry and I'm like oh well it'd be cool I I really just create for things that I wish that were already there that's like what I did with like dress code or the ring odyssey trick you know yeah it's just like oh I wish that there was like a kind of more fun ring gimmick or I wish that I could have done a short change like this so I'm more creating for myself and then if but you know what that's the way to go Marketable, then it's, it's good.
0: You know that really is the way to go. Like for me, I can only create in need of a certain effect in the context of an act. Like that's just the way my brain works. You know, um, it's uh, it's always out of necessity, um, or not necessity, but a want, a personal want, right? But uh, you know, uh, just to to wrap this up real quick, like you know, with, uh, with a person like, I know you've spent so much time creating things and I know you go through phases where you're quite literally working on some, you're off work, you're not consulting, but you're home just trying to figure ideas out. It could be anything. Do you, uh, do you find yourself like seeing ideas being released that you feel like you've already dabbled with that or
1: something along those lines? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that, uh, early on, uh, when we were right after, I think I got done working with Copperfield. Um, Blake and I went out to Garcia's house for like a week, right. And he mentioned something that had come out that he had been working on, and I, I kind of got the idea that like Garcia had gone through so many ideas, whether it's from the consulting gigs or, uh, or just spending time as a creator creating things like you you just go through concepts like like i and you know the only thing that you can do is is half the battle is creating it and then half the battle is knowing that it's a good enough idea you know to release or to use so there's the tricks that i come up with that someone else releases and they figure out how to market it then I guess that's on me because I didn't see enough potential in it, you know? Yeah. Like, like I have a lot of videos of tricks that have been released on Penguin Magic in the past year or two of just things from, like, back in my blog that I would, like, come up with as an idea, like a self-bending paperclip or something that I would, like, show my friends on Skype, and then, like, some kid, like, drops it, and it's, like people love it. And I'm like, oh, that was like, I didn't think that idea was that good, but okay. Yeah. You know,
0: no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's part of the game. And, uh, you know, you have a very realistic understanding of that, you know, not really getting too upset, but just kind of understanding that that's just the way it goes sometimes. But, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, gonna say a farewell. It was really great having you here. Um, I don't know if you have any final thoughts, but, uh, thanks for letting me pick your brain. For sure, man. Good to talk.